Since even before the days of space exploration, humans have longed to find water on other celestial bodies. Water is a very useful substance. It can be used to support human life. It can be used to shield us from radiation. In its component form, in the two gases, hydrogen and oxygen, it's the most powerful chemical rocket propellant known. If you could refuel once you get to orbit with water derived from space, effectively you could go anywhere you want to in the solar system. The Apollo missions opened the door to our understanding of the history and composition of our moon. But they offered no sign that our search for water on Earth's one and only natural satellite would be fruitful. Immediately after the Apollo missions, uh, there were many, many hundreds and thousands of scientists who were actually interested in looking at these moon rocks. Uh, they looked at it very carefully with the uh, instrumentation that they had available to them. And a paradigm appeared, which basically said that there is absolutely no water uh, either on the moon or inside the moon. When the answer came back, basically, no, there isn't, everyone was a bit like, oh. It was thought that the moon was a completely anhydrous, bone-dry body. But was it? In 1994, the Clementine mission sent back surprising radar data from within permanently shadowed craters near the moon's poles. I had always been skeptical of the idea of ice on the moon. I never really believed it. We improvised an experiment with Clementine to beam radio waves into the dark area and then listen to the echoes looking for a signature of ice. We found what we thought was that signature near the South Pole. Now that got us real excited. This signature was confirmed beyond a shadow of a doubt in 2009, when a rocket section from NASA's L-Cross probe was crashed into the shadowed part of the polar crater Cabeus. The puff of gas flung up from the impact contained about 5% water. It had probably collected in this polar cold trap, molecule by molecule, from the vaporized remains of icy comets striking the moon over millions of years. But what about inside the moon? Was it really bone dry? In 2008, a key instrument carried on board India's first lunar orbiter, Chandrayaan-1, answered that million-dollar question. This particular instrument measures solar radiation reflected from the moon to look for absorption features that different minerals have. Lo and behold, the moon mineralogy mapper revealed traces of water both in craters and in minerals all over the moon. When these confirmations came in, I was elated. That was, that was an epiphany, that was a delight. So when all these results came out, it was sort of like, we gotta go back to the, the samples, because we know there's water on the surface, and that suggests, okay, there might be water in the rocks. But now, 40 years later, we find out, oh, there is water inside the moon. 40 years on, we have more sophisticated and more sensitive instrumentation. There is uh, no question that the recent discovery has rejuvenated the lunar community. Everyone's still trying to figure out where the water came from. I mean, some of it could have been inherited from the giant impact with the Earth that formed the moon, but it's also possible that it was delivered very early in the moon's history, and this is all still very young science. We're still trying to work that out now. However, water inside the moon isn't quite in the H2O form one finds on Earth. We are mostly talking about hydroxyl, which is an oxygen combined with a hydrogen atom. As such, 
water as we know it, liquid water doesn't exist in the lunar interior or inside the moon. It's actually the ingredients of that water which exist and therefore we say that it is water. We now know there are traces of water from within the moon inside lunar minerals and significant concentrations of cometary ice that have accumulated in craters near the poles. But would a polar moon base be guaranteed a good supply of drinking water? You would think, well, I can just chip off a piece, melt it, gulp it down. But the problem is it might have other volatile substances. There's methane, there's probably even cyanide. One of the old Apollo hands who did a lot of chemistry on the moon even wrote a paper entitled, Don't Drink the Water. <laughs> you may have to do some chemistry on the water to make sure you can drink it. Nevertheless, the presence of water in and on the moon could be the key to reaching new boundaries in human space exploration. If you have abundant water on the moon, um, then you can harvest it uh, and, and use it as a fuel by breaking it into the hydrogen and oxygen. So finding water is not only enables human life to, to have a foothold in space, it also permits you to create a space transportation system that's reusable, that's refuelable and extensible. I consider it the difference between a caveman floating on a log off a beach to actually building the first seagoing ship and crossing the ocean to a new continent. But we have only just begun to grasp the scale of this discovery and to uncover its part in the moon's fascinating story. We thought for so many years since Apollo that the moon was completely anhydrous, which is funny when you're coming from Earth and there's water everywhere. Now we're trying to figure out what happened to it or how much there is, and we don't know the answers to any of these questions yet. So it's a pretty exciting field to be in because it's moving along so quickly.